0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You are listening to As a Woman, episode 56, The Waiting Game. In this episode, I'm talking about waiting, what it means to be in the space of the unknown. How do you deal with this moment? And how do you become your best when you don't know what the future looks like? Welcome to As A Woman, the podcast hosted by fertility physician, Dr. Natalie Crawford to educate and empower women. Each week, learn about your health, your fertility, and how they relate to your true self. Become a part of the community, fostering collaboration over competition while learning how to authentically find your voice and amplify others as a woman. Hi, friends. Welcome back to the As A Woman podcast. I'm so excited to be sitting here and talking to you about this episode, The Waiting Game, because what I really think we're talking about here is the space between, the space between the moments that make up our life, when we're waiting for time to pass or something to happen, or we just don't know what our future looks like. And one thing that I have found is that this is a really hard spot. And I've been there. I've been there a few times where I didn't actually know what would happen, and I just had to wait to find out. One obvious time, we call it the two-week wait in the fertility world, is the time when you're trying to get pregnant between ovulation and your pregnancy test. Simply waiting. Anybody who's tried to get pregnant, and especially all of my fertility warriors, will tell you that time sucks a lot. Because really, here you are. Your life is going to take a major change, either because you're getting closer and closer to this dream that you really want this family, or more time is passing and it's not happening. But either way, waiting when you're trying to grow your family, that's a tough space because that's something you want, that's a goal, and you don't know if it's happening. So you're living in the unknown. Similarly, I've had waiting moments between different job transitions. So a notorious one that you guys all know about if you listen for a while is when I left my last job and I was waiting to find the right one. I literally quit my job without the next job lined up. Just got to the point where I knew I couldn't take it anymore and I was waiting. I didn't know if I'd find a job in my town, if we'd have to move, If I just wouldn't practice for a while, maybe I'd be a full-time Instagram blogger, podcaster person. I just didn't know. This episode came about because I am in the midst of my masterclass, which is really an incredible experience for a lot of different reasons, but one... Because the women who are in the masterclass are opening up their heart and their soul. They're being honest with themselves and with me and each other. They are sharing very, very vulnerable things. And the growth that's happening, I think we're in week four, guys, is already amazing. But the thing that I'm realizing as we've been talking and communicating is so many of us have this waiting fear, the fear of the unknown. Least I've really been able to identify that in me. So, the really interesting thing is, I created this class over a year ago when I was going through a lot of transition and really pulled it together over the course of the past year. But I'm going back through it with everybody who's in the course and really noticing some underlying themes. And one of them is, I don't like failing. I'm sure so many of you guys relate right here. And the second, that I'm afraid of the unknown. The possibilities there scare me. And I let that be an excuse to not do things sometime, which is completely insane. The best things usually live in that unknown zone. You have to put yourself out there to get any of the rewards in life. Let's just think about it. You can't be married to somebody you love unless you give your heart the opportunity to be broken And you can't find a career that's amazing unless you give yourself the opportunity to get rejected. And you can't have children without putting yourself out there and risking that you may have infertility or miscarriage or not get pregnant or have to look at alternative options, which are also beautiful, like adoption or egg donation or embryo donation or something like that. The point is the really good things in life come from taking a chance. And putting yourself out there. And I've heard the little phrase before that if what you're doing doesn't scare you, you're not doing enough. And I really mean that. I love it. And I mean it in the most sincere way. Your dreams should be so big that they scare you a little bit, that you get a little nervous inside your stomach because the thought of failing is big and imminent. And that's okay. If we've learned anything in life, in by watching other people, it is that life is short and the whole world can change in one moment, one tragic accident, one diagnosis, one disease, one bad decision, and everything is different. And I don't say that to scare you. I really don't. I say that to inspire you because think about what one person can accomplish, how many lives you actually Potentially could touch, what a difference or an impact that you could be. And we often like to not give ourselves credit. And so I'll be real vulnerable here. By saying I want to do something means that it may not happen. And if it doesn't happen, then I failed. And then I don't know what I'm going to do. So then I'm in the unknown. And I get into this series where I am fueling my own imposter syndrome, saying that I am not worthy that I am not worthy of having these really big dreams. And that is ridiculous. We are a thousand percent worthy of having these big dreams. Why, Why not me? If somebody is going to do this, why not me? I can do it. Why not put myself out there? That's the scary zone. That's the unknown zone. That's the zone where some waiting happens. And that's really the good place to be. But here's the thing. I'm not my best in my waiting moments. I have learned that I don't like the unknown. I like to control things. Any of my in real life friends who are listening to this are probably laughing because I really like to control things. But life is not about control. It's about experience and experiences and the moments that the good stuff come. That's from putting yourself out there and taking a chance, going into the unknown and waiting. So I hate waiting and not being in control so much that I self-destruct in the waiting moments. So if we're going to talk about the waiting game, and I'm going to be really honest with you, I suck at it. I am not good at the waiting game. I really do self-destruct. I become my own worst enemy. And I think this is the biggest challenge and where we have the most opportunity for growth. So I can openly admit that I've been working hard on not being afraid of failure. I have full-on accepted that I'm going to fail. That is life. And failing at something is an opportunity for growth in the right direction. And I'm okay with that. I get that concept. I am pushing myself into the scary zone. But it's in the in-between times where I don't know how to handle the Maybe I'll fail or maybe I'll succeed, but it's out of my hands right now. That's the hard time for me. So when I say that I self-destruct, what I mean is I stop taking care of myself. I start to live off of coffee and wine. Who even knows what water is anymore? I either eat too little or too much. I stop exercising and I become less productive. I actually can't focus as well on my tasks and get them done because I'm so mentally preoccupied by this unknown zone and thinking through what it means and what does that mean about me and what if it doesn't work or what if I fail and then what, and what does that say? And maybe I'm not good enough. And that's the common narrative here is really, I think, if I'm being honest, I'm not really afraid of failing. Anybody who's afraid of failing isn't afraid of failing. They're really afraid of not being good enough. So it's an internal dialogue and a mindset shift that really needs to happen to overcome that stage of things. And when you start to accept that some things you do not have control over the outcome, that you realize you have to live your life in between and during the waiting. And this is very similar to not living contingently, delaying your gratification, waiting for that next goal to be achieved before you focus on something important to you. I go into that in the contingent life. So if you've never heard that term, living in contingency, you can just hop right on over to that episode. It was really early on and listen to it there. But living contingently is giving yourself excuses for why you're not accomplishing certain things. And living in the waiting game is similar but different. What that means is, I don't know what's going to happen. So instead of doing anything, I'm going to do nothing. I'm going to make no progress. I'm actually going to take some steps backwards and not take care of myself because I can then feel unworthy like I will be if I fail. So we are so counterproductive against ourselves. Do you understand how ridiculous that is? I'm going to now be so preoccupied by what if I fail in this time period when I can do nothing that I'm going to take worse care of myself and actually fulfill. It's like a self-fulfilling prophecy. It's insane. And now a word from one of our sponsors, Quince. The weather's getting warmer so it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune and luckily I found Quince. Now I've got a lineup of timeless pieces that keep me looking effortlessly chic year after year. The best part is that Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands, but Quince partners directly with top factories, cutting out the cost of the middleman, passing the saving to us, and only working with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices. I personally cannot wait to wear my cute tan linen set this summer. So it's your turn to get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash A-A-W for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot slash A-A-W to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash A-A-W. Thank you, Quince. And now a word for one of our sponsors, Ritual. Did you know the women were excluded from clinical research policy by federal law until 1993? when you use our code AAW. That's a savings of $15. This code is only available to our listeners. To get started, just go to apostrophe.com slash AAW and click get started. Then use the code AAW at sign up and you'll get your first visit for only five dollars. Thank you, Apostrophe, for sponsoring this episode. So here's where I am now. There are certain things in life you cannot control. You put your best out there And sometimes it's not good enough. And sometimes it doesn't matter. You have no control over it. I'll talk about a couple examples from my personal life because you know that's what I do best. So if I think to trying to get pregnant, I had three miscarriages and then an ectopic pregnancy and then my two rainbow babies. So if you follow me, I've got two children who are amazing. But not just the two-week wait. And then that fear of what would happen, what if it was another miscarriage or another ectopic, I really let myself get into such a mindset that I was not my best self, nor was I excited about the pregnancies. But those two weeks, I felt like the two weeks before ovulation, I was really focused. This is going to be our month. I'm excited. I'm optimistic. Getting work done. Good, good, good. Then I would ovulate and we'd be in the two week wait period, and I would be worthless. I wouldn't work out then. I wouldn't eat well then. I couldn't focus then. I wouldn't get anything done that I needed to. And I was in training, so I had plenty of things to get done. But I became my own worst enemy in that time. And if you think about the big scheme of life getting pregnant, that's when you should be excited and healthy and your best. And I wasn't. I really let those two-week waits add up to the point that I was dreading it. And I know that that's not uncommon. So for my fertility warriors out there, you know what I'm talking about. But that time period really was one that exemplifies when I wasn't my best, when I was waiting. And literally, I had no control over that outcome. I did what everybody said. I was trying my hardest. And fertility does not work like that. I really put so many things on hold waiting to see if I would be a mom. Oh, maybe I'll get pregnant. This whole thing will change. I don't want to start this. I can't do this research project. I don't want to do that because then maybe I'll be pregnant and then I'll be pregnant and then we'll have a baby and everything will look different. I just put everything on hold living in the waiting zone instead of saying, I'm going to keep on living my life in these waiting moments when I have no control. I'm going to make decisions that serve my big goals and hope that this will work itself out because spending the mental energy on it doesn't get me anywhere. That's not what I did at all. Another example of when I was waiting was when I was switching jobs. So I already even said in this podcast that I resigned with no plan. And I decided at that time, shoot, this didn't work. I'm sure I had a lot to do with it. It also is just not the right environment, but I made that choice. So I need to figure out what I need and start making choices in line with me. And that's when I started the podcast. And I started looking at opportunities, saying, if this is not going to be right for me, then I'm not going to do it. And I started saying no to a lot of things. And I kept working on focusing for what I really wanted my career to look like. So I did better there. But on the back end, I let a lot of personal stuff go. I was not the world's best mom in that transition period. I had so much self-doubt about this career that I had put so much time and energy into. I felt like a failure for not being able to cut it out of the job. And I wasn't great at exercising or cooking or eating well or taking care of myself. I got better along the way. I went to a lot of counseling got a lot of support from friends, started really believing in the idea that I can take care of others better if I take care of myself. So that was a big transition period. One thing I can say now, looking back, is that waiting was the best thing for me. If I had just taken a job before I had resigned, I wouldn't have had the job I have now, most likely. I wouldn't have felt so in control negotiating, gotten to the point where I felt Like, I knew what I wanted and what I didn't want. And I wouldn't have given myself time to explore a lot of good opportunities or given myself the time to invest into the podcast because I know me, I just would have gone from one thing to the other. And I might have settled for something not really great just to avoid waiting. So, that waiting game period for me between jobs or quitting one job before having another one signed was a huge blessing. It was stressful. I didn't take care of myself. I did a little bit better. I started to understand as I went on, but that was hugely, hugely helpful for me. That waiting period changed my whole life, you guys. So here's this thing that I'm telling you that we hate. And I'm telling you that if you can lean into the waiting, perhaps you can grow and change into the right version of you. Understanding that waiting is going to happen at all stages of the game. And that's okay, right? It is okay to put something out there and not know what's going to happen. And it is okay to not always succeed. Sometimes failure is what is leading you to the next opportunity. But you have to wait it out. You have to Open yourself up to all the possibilities before you can find the right one. And that takes stepping into the unknown, having an unknown period of waiting sometimes, and being okay with whatever happens. And that's hard. And a more recent example is some of you know I've been trying to write a book. So I really want to write the modern fertility book. And I had a book agent and I wrote a big old proposal. And then the book agent takes it and she shops it around and you are waiting. And I use this time. I said, well, I'm just going to wait and see what happens. And I'll just kind of put all of this on the back burner while she shops it around. Now, meanwhile, I let that be an excuse to not do much in the fertility spectrum that I want to. Meaning I didn't write a lot of fertility blog posts because, well, I'm going to be researching and writing all this for the book. So I might as well wait till it gets accepted so that I can just do it for the book. So I'll just wait. I'll just wait. I won't write now. I'll just wait. What if this? What if that? And it didn't get accepted. No publisher was interested. They thought the market was saturated. In the grand scheme of things, now that I'm where I am, that's okay. That probably isn't the perfect book for me. And I'm already starting to dig down and realize what is. But here's the thing. I probably could have realized that half a year ago if I had kept writing. So if I kept focusing in, I probably could have had more educational content out there and put more of this fertility stuff to the world and focused in on my real goal. Instead, I just was waiting. So I was hurting myself and giving myself excuses for why I was waiting to do this And that was a huge realization for me that I didn't really realize. So I've been going through this masterclass with the different women who are going through it about how fearing failure, not liking the unknown, and not doing well in the waiting periods, how that's been holding me back. If I do not let that be an excuse, that's what I'm doing. I'm creating excuses for myself to hold me back from being successful. I know a lot of you will listen to this and say, Nat is really successful, so what's she talking about? But imagine if I didn't hold myself back, how much more I could do. And I want you to think about ways that you are holding yourself back right now. What are the excuses that you are telling yourself in the waiting period? I want you to think about The last time that you had to wait, whether it was waiting on med school admission, waiting to find out if you matched, waiting for a pregnancy or in between jobs or whatever it is. Think about an opportunity, the last time you can think of when you were waiting, and I want you to really think about the emotions that you felt. Did you keep taking action steps to get towards your goal or did you let the waiting be an excuse? The, I don't know what the future holds, so I'm not going to do anything until I get there. I'm going to wait until this happens to do this. I'm not going to work on my book because I'm waiting to see if it gets accepted. So I'll write that later. Look at these excuses that we make for ourselves. That was the biggest eye-opening thing to me. I am the one holding myself back. I am making excuses for my behavior, and I'm like willingly letting them in. And if we can stop that, if we can realize that life is going to happen anyway, none of us really have any control over the future, and it can end at any moment. We need to be living the best that we can in the moments awaiting. We need to not let waiting be an excuse, not let fear be an excuse, fear of failure of the unknown. Those are just lies that we tell ourselves because we don't believe we are good enough. And I'm not buying it anymore. I am good enough. You are good enough. Whatever your big crazy dream is, why are you not trying to get there? Why are you waiting for something to happen before you start taking your action steps? Your dream is worthy and you were good enough to get there. And I know that we have not done little homework at the end of the podcast in a long time, but I want you to think about this. If you knew you would not fail, what is something that you would do? And I want you to think about that question over the next week, because I'd really love to know. And I want you to share it with me if you feel up to it. But also, what is holding you back? Realistically, like why are you not doing that? Why not you? And what is one thing? So I guess this is three-part homework. One, what would you do if you wouldn't fail? Two, what's holding you back from doing that? And three, what is one thing you can do this week? Little thing that might get you closer to that goal. Is it wake up earlier? Is it schedule a doctor's appointment? Is it start writing? Is it to read a book? Is it to sign up for a course or a class? Is it to take a trip? Is it to tell somebody how you feel about them? I don't know. But what is one thing you can do this week that starts getting you in the right direction? And That's where I want to start. As always, you guys, I just want to say thank you so much. You just spent your most valuable commodity with me, which is your time, and I could not be more appreciative. All of the downloads, rates, reviews, they mean the world. And so friends, keep on sharing. If you want to follow me, feel free to follow me on Instagram and TikTok at Natalie Crawford, MD. And the blog is named the same Natalie Crawford, I can't wait to talk to you more next week.